J right in your face. Welcome back to episode seven of season two of the Fadeaway. I'm your host Fatty, and alongside me today, you ready? Yeah, it's our boy Chris Buzade. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Not bad, man. <laughs> we haven't seen Chris play in a while, though. No, we gotta we gotta free our boy Chris. Ever since Ibaka came back, it's uh, it's been a disaster, man. I miss that guy. I know, and it, it 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 might be part of the reason why we're we're in a bit of a slump, but we'll get into that later. Maybe, maybe. So, how was your week, man? Tell me. Other than the Raptors losing three uh, three straight, I'm other than that, it's been pretty good. I'm top of the fantasy league. Uh, shout out, actually, shout out George because I just beat George last yeah, week, yeah. so I know I know he'll like this shout out. Um, so and I've AD never he's putting you on his back the same way he's putting the had, entire city of he LA had on his back. fifty yesterday, bro. Big. And I've never been at the top of any fantasy league in my life, so it's actually <laughs> it's a shock for me to be <laughs> doing be this. Saying that, bro, bro. podcast. Hey, hey, listen. Just because I'm not a good GM doesn't mean I don't know anything about basketball. You know what I mean? So yeah, hey, I come you. on, man. I got you. Um, before we uh, before we get into too much of the Raptor stuff, I just want to introduce. Uh, a very special guest. We're super excited to have uh, this guy on here. We we kind of started talking a little bit about it at the end of the last episode, but I said, you know what, we'll leave it to, to when our boy is actually on himself. Um, so uh, before you know, I give too too much away. I want to introduce our boy Ben to the show, aka Hoodie Ben. How you doing, man? Yo yo yo, what's up, guys? Appreciate How you doing, you bro? For, uh, for having me, man. I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys doing? Nah, we're chilling, man. Can't complain. Thanks so much for making the time to to come out on the show. We really appreciate it. We got a lot in store. Uh, it's gonna be a fun conversation. Uh, for sure, man. For sure. Yeah. So before we get into too much of the Raptor stuff, man, just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, I know that. So the way that you and I were introduced, Ben, is our friend Bianca, a mutual friend. Uh, I went to high school with B, and and Ben works with B. She mm-hmm. put us in touch Shout back when we B. started the podcast. Shout out. Shout out, B. So. Back when we started the pod, she put us in touch. She said, "Hey, bounce some ideas off Ben. He's been he's been going at this for a little bit. He's you know a little bit experienced." So mm-hmm. I said, "You know that's awesome." Talked to Ben a little bit about it. Got some advice from him, and uh, here we are a year later. I've been following this dude's journey, yeah, and, crazy. and ben, I, I gotta tell you, man. Like, firstly, it's, it was a crazy year, and we're gonna unwrap a lot of that. Uh, yeah. Secondly, uh, the closeness in sort of our journeys and where you are versus. Um, you know, where you were in the beginning of, of your career and where we are right now uh, makes us really, you know, it, it resonates with us what you're doing. And we're really happy for you, man. It's, it's cool to see you doing your thing out there. So um, before we get into too much of that, uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and how you came to love the sport, man. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it, man. It's uh, yeah, it's it's crazy time, man. Like like you're saying at the end of the day, like we're we're all basketball fans. We're all Raptors fans in this. Um, we grew up loving this game and um you know, just like how we know that it's bigger than basketball. This this game is bigger than basketball, you know, and how sports unites us all. It's it's cool to be able to meet people, uh, you know, across the city, across across the country, across the world that all share the same passion. So um, now I appreciate you guys for having me on here. And, uh, of course, it's, it's a pleasure to meet you guys. Um, I guess a little bit about my journey. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, and like you said, I'm sure it's quite similar to to both of you guys. But mm-hmm. uh, being like a an, an immigrant child coming into the country, you know, I, I, I'm uh, I got a Chinese background. Mm-hmm. Come came into the country when I was six. Um, basketball is easily kind of the the sport that you know I, I gravitated towards um, just because of you know the the nature of the game. 
uh, hockey was, you know, from a price standpoint, it was, you know, to buy equipment. It's tough oh, to yeah. get into hockey, man. For but sure. Oh, yeah. For basketball, sure. all you need is a, little, a ball and a hoop, a couple guys, and then you just start getting into it, right? So um, just get in terms of the age and, and watching, you know, the Raptors expansion, uh, watching the team develop from those Damon years, you know, going into the, the VC T-Mac mm-hmm. years and watching the sport evolve. It's 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 been a roller coaster of a ride for for the franchise and and for the fan base, right? And, Definitely. Uh, yeah, all leading up to to last year, and I'm sure you guys can get into it, but it's just been a remarkable journey, and, and just seeing how it's united all the Canadians across the country has been it's it's pretty unreal, man. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes you gotta pinch ourselves and be like, yo, is you know, did it actually happen last year? But yeah. it's crazy time. No, it's pretty dope, and 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 like you were saying before. Um, just seeing the reach that basketball has, like people, a lot of people just consider it a sport, but it's it's really turned into its own culture, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it's super cool, man, just to get to talk to people culturally and and where they come from and all that. So, um, did you ever play ball growing up? Yeah, of course, of course, dude. I was the uh, I was the Jeremy Lin in my uh, middle school, man. <laughs> dude, no, no, where did no you go to middle school? Uh, Cumber Valley, Cumber Valley. Where are you from? North York. Okay, North okay, York, yeah. Okay, okay. No, no lie, I was probably the shortest kid, shortest Asian kid on my team. Grade six, grade seven. I remember I rocked like a headband, I had glasses. Yeah, and it was it was I was the guy off the bench, man. But uh, no, that's I think I did. Did you guys play? You guys must have played. Yeah, yeah. So I I honestly played competitive for a very short period of time, but just played more recreationally. Okay, because. Immigrant wise, yo, my parents were all about the books, yo. They're study, like, hey, oh for sure, you, you, can't, you can't be doing no extracurriculars. Yeah. You got to study. You gotta, you're in grade nine, grinding for university, yo. Like mm-hmm. for sure, <laughs> you know it's it's a diff- <laughs> it's a different grade life. Nine. I'm sure you guys understand. So I didn't get a chance to play too competitively, right? Uh, but Zay definitely, I played. Did, yeah, yeah, we played like in the lowest division of the OBAs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <Played> so, <laughs> so our 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 our, ch- our church community ha- would make a team for right. for 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 us for all the other immigrant kids whose parents didn't care about ball. Exactly, literally what the program. Yeah, that culture right now. Um, right, right. And we used to go. We used to play OBA tournaments, and we would go play like maybe like single A teams and get blown out by the double A and the triple A teams that were right. taller than us, more athletic and whatever. But it was still, you know, a chance to go out and play. And you, I mean, at that point, you're not playing to go to the to go to the NBA or no. or anything. Right. You know, this is not what's gonna what's gonna yeah. you know provide. But at some point, you know what's crazy? I, I, at some point, I'm sure all of us as kids, we had that dream, right, to go to the NBA. There's no doubt. Right. Yeah, I kind of, I, I kind of like Loki still have that dream, <laughs> but not as a player. <laughs> Some way, somehow, somehow bro, we have to get I, there. I feel it. I feel Once it. you get to the point where you realize that these draft picks are are now younger than you, that's oh, when you're yeah. like, okay, it's yeah, my time's up. That Yo, we, like one thing that I've been harping on this entire life of the podcast is Luka Doncic, and this guy's five oh. years younger than me. He's baller, he's man. Torching yeah. the league. Tor- We're gonna talk about that in a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but yeah, that's uh, let's get into more of. Uh, your role, I guess, yeah. with the Raptors. So tell us about what you do. Sure. No, for sure. Um, yeah, so I work with MLSC, um, Maple Leafs for entertainment, for, for those who don't know. but And um, they own a number of different sports teams in Toronto. So uh, most notably the Leafs, Raptors, Toronto FC, Argos, Marlies, um, Raptors 905, and, and so forth. So my role, uh, I'm an intermediate graphic designer. And um, right now, I'm kind of spread out across multiple teams, um, so helping the Leafs and the Raptors and TFC mm-hmm. most notably. Um, and I focus on uh, digital, retail, 
the community aspect and uh, global partnerships. So um, creating uh, graphics for for digital, for, for social, um, and across print, uh, just kind of uh, a lot of different projects, um, a lot of one-offs, and uh, just depending on what's needed at the time of the season. But uh, I got a chance to work closely with the Raptors team during last season. And, um, yeah, I got a chance to work on a number of cool projects, um, you know, the spicy pea hot sauce. That was one of the, the definite highlights. Uh, I got a chance to kind of help put together the... Yo, was uh, that you? <laughs> yeah, so it, it was It was my me and my boy, uh, Travis Champagne. So shout out Travis. Uh, we worked with Are you serious? Team. Yeah. It's, it's I pretty. actually didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, we got... Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so we did... That was actually as part of the campaign to to make the, the push for uh, MIP, for, mm-hmm. uh, for Pascal. And, oh, yeah. You know, the creative studio came up with the idea to to create this hot sauce, our custom hot sauce. So we had one of the master chefs at MLC create this recipe, uh, and then we were in pa- me and Travis, um, and along with our creative team, we were in charge of putting together the the package design. So that was one of the coolest uh, cool projects. Um, so yo, does the franchise actually come up and be like, yo, we gotta push, we gotta make the push for MIP, or is it just something like the staff are like, yo, this guy deserves it, it let's yeah. get it done. It's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. Okay. Um, and I think it all started with kind of the, those, you've, you've seen all those all-star, you know, promotions that, you know, back when Chris Bosch used to do yeah. those, other teams are pushing for their own all-stars. So it kind of for stems sure. from that. And um, and then sometimes, you know, organically, depending on, on the, I guess, the narrative of the season, if we think, hey, one of our guys has a has a chance at MIP, Let's let's try to give it a little nudge, but it's never a request directly from the players. It's just you know from the staff, from the from mm-hmm. the organization. Um, you know, try try to help our boys out a little bit. You know, for sure. Um, so- that and then I guess most notably the in terms of the projects, um, working on the World Champs shoe with Adidas this year was uh, was definitely one of the highlights. Ooh, we're gonna get into oh, that yeah. one. <laughs> we're gonna get oh, into yeah. it, bro. I'm excited as hell to hear about that one. Yeah, we'll, that, we'll that was wild, that man. But yeah. So what did what did you do before like how did you and how did you what did you do before getting into MLSC and how did you get into MLSC? Oh man, that that journey is crazy. How, how much time do you guys have? Let's Bro, go. We got time, man. Yeah. So I I mean Toronto. I guess starting I don't want to go all the way back because I don't want to take too much time. But uh, before I was in graphic design, I was actually in financial management, so accounting and financial man- hey, management. You know hey, how it is. Hey, Let's go. Yeah. I'm hoping to change my path too. Don't worry. I'm <laughs> Yo, Zay's an accountant, bro. bro. Like, oh, Are you? Oh, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you know the struggle, man. You, you know, oh, buddy. Like, obviously, money's good, but at the end of the day, you want to do something that's that's you know more meaningful that that makes a bigger impact. Yeah, um, and yeah. that's aligned to something that you're you're interested in, right? But uh, to each their own is is kind of what I realized. But uh, just for me, um, you know, go go going to Waterloo. Uh, doing my bachelor and uh, my masters, AFM, yeah. Oh man, oh, are you too? No, I didn't do AFM. I uh, once they told me I had to do an exam. I was like, yo, I'm out. I'm going to Brock. Yeah. <laughs> Where did so, you go? I went to Brock. I went to Brock in oh, a okay. accounting program. Okay. Um, okay. And then yeah, once you get into accounting, you realize that nobody actually has a passion for it. No, <laughs> you know? of course not. Of course you not. know, this is just a thing you might like to do, you might not like to do. Um, but yeah, so yeah, keep going. Go ahead, keep going. 
No, no, it's good. It's one of those things where you can't ha- really have a passion for it, right? It's like, who's going to be like, yo, I'm, I'm so excited for county season. I'm so excited for time season. <laughs> I think I know one guy. I think I know just one guy that I work with that might be passionate about it. Other than Josh? that, nobody. Right, no, it's not right. Josh. It's not Josh? I don't know. I'm, I'm going to ask Josh. I don't think I it's think Josh. Josh, yeah. Josh definitely seems passionate. It's another guy. This guy, this guy in my work is ride or die, bro. He commutes from okay. Burlington. Yeah, Burlington. Him. He takes that. the train from Burlington to downtown, bro. That's oh, wow. great. You know, this guy loves, he loves his audit, bro. No, good for him. Good for him. Um, but yeah, so no, just working there a couple years, and then I just realized uh, one day that you know like, I'm a kid that loves sports. You know, I, I, I'm um, I've always loved to draw as a kid. I've always loved kind of just expressing myself from an artistic point of view. So I tried to look for um, an industry where I can combine both of them, and that mm-hmm. you know I, I kind of settled on being trying to work my way into uh, graphic design for for sports and. Um, so from accounting, I kind of just made a took a leap of faith, you know, jumped into found a graphic design unpaid internship actually, um, oh. just just jumping. So you can imagine, man, just having that conversation with my parents, like, oh yeah, from like yeah. a full salary to jump into un, an no unpaid, pay. unguaranteed internship. See, that's that's the thing that makes it a lot harder for you is that you were in a salaried position before. Yeah, yeah. It, a lot of people I know that do this kind of jump, they're doing it out of out of school, right? So. Right. Yes, it's a little bit risky, but you've never had a taste of of an income. You know yeah. what I mean? Exactly. So, exactly. so def- sorry to interrupt you. I just no, 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 no. It's, and around. that's one hundred percent it, right? And it's it's the financial, um, you know, you talk about the the financial risk that you're taking. It's it's real, right? Like unless you're mm-hmm. you're living on your own, you're paying especially rent. in Toronto. Yeah, oh, yeah, especially in Toronto. Um, and it's just one of those things where I just realized I'm like, man, in order to be successful in, in kind of anything you do, you got to go all in, right? You got to go. Like some, and we see it with sports teams. Like you can't really play in that middle field. You got to hit that hard reset. You got to start with a clean slate. So, so I kind of took that mentality, uh, jumped yeah. into that unpaid internship, just try to learn as much as I could. Uh, and then honestly, it's it's been um, a, a wavy road. It's just kind of jumping from um, internships to like a full time to to then uh, kind of like a contract position. Anything I could to kind of jump back and forth. Um, and learn more about marketing, try to squeeze into sports. And um, I guess my break, quote-unquote break, mm-hmm. came when I uh, was able to land an internship with um, Canadian, uh, the Canadian Olympic Committee, COC. Okay. So I yeah, I met a couple of people at different like sports conferences. I was just out there trying to just meet as many people as possible. Met this guy who was like a former um, CM, uh, sorry, former, I think, marketing director at Nike. And I was actually trying to get into Nike at the time. And then I was talking to him. He had he had moved over to COC. And he was yeah. like, hey, you know what? Like, uh, I, I like your passion. Uh, I like your drive. We have a, a internship position open. Um, you can come work for us during the Summer Olympics. And this was the Rio 2016 Olympics. So I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, bet. Took, took that opportunity. Kind of went all in. Um, and then just from there, just kept networking. Kept trying to apply for different positions. Uh, I finished that summer internship there, and then was able to land uh, a role with Nike. It was a it was a te- full time technical designer with uh, Nike Canada, and um, yeah, from there I guess you know continuing just kind of keep keep trying to grow my network, keep trying to you know it, it, it at the end of the day it's all about the grind kind of right. It's sure. it's whatever you can put in, um, and then going from there, um, kind of I, I love the the apparel side of it but at the end of the day my my heart was still you know gravitating towards the raptors and and sure. for me it was always like mm-hmm. if i were to to leave nike if i were to ever kind of 
you know, find a dream job, it'd be associated with the rappers. And um, fortunately for me, I actually knew uh, one of my friends who, who worked at uh, MLC as a video editor, uh, my boy Alex Kim. And when I was talking to him, there was actually a posting available, uh, a digital designer posting available at MOC. And so I reached out to him just asking about the position, and he actually knew the uh, the art director that was hiring for it. So, Huge. you know, yeah, so it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy how it works out. He was able to make kind of an introduction. Um, you know, I sent my resumes, everything, and uh, luckily it, it kind of worked out. So just in the nick of time uh, for that one crazy season um you know it's can't you can't make some of this stuff up you know it's, it's been an unreal journey um super blessed but no nah, man it's good times right now that's that's awesome to hear yeah. and i so you did have a, a huge summer obviously uh but before that huge summer was a massive massive playoff run that didn't just affect you but it affected all of us here right right um so i mean as fans and, and as honestly as we can talk about this I could not have seen this coming. I, oh, in my sure. mind, uh, when we had picked up Kawhi, there were two things in my mind that were going to happen. Either one of them, not both. But the first one is Kawhi is going to he's going to hold out. He's not coming. He's going to be like, "What is this Toronto? I'm not showing up. Can uh, you I'm imagine? hurt. I'm wow. hurt. I'm not ready." Um, I thought he was going to pull one of those. The Alonzo morning. Yeah, the Al- the a little bit morning. of that, but I, I think he would just like fake the injury Alonzo morning just straight up said no nah, like i'm not right. even getting on a flight <laughs> like i'm not even i'm not even stepping foot in this country but Kawhi was uh, i thought he would be like yeah you know i'm not ready i'm hobbling i'm not healthy whatever uh and then he started playing and i was like okay you know he's he's pretty good he's really good obviously probably the, not probably definitely the best player i've ever seen in a raptors jersey right uh and then come playoff run you know against philly i was like okay maybe we'll get through philly conference final and i don't i just don't see us beating milwaukee right you know milwaukee just all season last season looked vital like they were 60 wins yeah they were and they were just blowing teams out i think they had the most like blowout te- blowout games like or like 15 plus or something like that in the season um but their point differential was just out of this world it it really is again this season but mm-hmm. that's another story uh but anyways we go down to zero and i'm like okay you know what it was a good run while while we had it real exciting and then we we win game three, and then game four came down. It was, I think, game four was the overtime game where Gasol hit that big shot. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then game five, Freddie Van Vliet comes to life. Yes. And then, I mean, from there on out, he just Close he's been Freddie. So, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, we go to the finals, end up winning the finals, which is amazing. Right. So, talk to us about uh, your perspective that playoff run coming from inside. Yeah. How does it How does it feel like on the what's that What's that that synergy like inside the organization i was actually sorry you know ben I mean? before you get into this because i asked bianca this during the playoff run okay and she's like man i swear like office culture is solely contingent on how the game went like, it is for sure she'll yeah. she's like it, it in, in frustrating games like she's like you know how you fans like you'll get together and you'll start like arguing and like this should have happened and like oh man why did Ibaka do that or why did gasol not do that or she's like it literally happens in this office oh, after every goodness. game and it's like if they lose, like the office is quieter. Everyone's like, you know, <laughs> oh for sure, <laughs> in man. a mood. So As, yeah, talk to us about that that perspective. Yeah, d- dude, you nailed on the head one hundred percent, man. Because it's like it's one of those things where, you know, you hear people say you live and breathe basketball. Yeah. When you work at MLC, especially last year's run, everybody was living and breathing Raptors basketball, like 
24-7 for the entire span of the playoffs. Yeah. So, like... Tell me about and, it. And as a fan, you guys know, like, that was one hell of a roller coaster, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys were there for game one against Orlando. But oh, yeah. We weren't oh, in the yeah. building. We were, Actually, we, we were... You guys, we, you guys watched it. We were away that weekend. We were, we were in, like... Oh, okay. It was, we were, like, where three hours it? away. I, don't, I can't even remember where. Grand Bend, I think we were. Okay. And I right. remember, dude, we were, on the, we were, like, on this resort, and... The shot goes down, and I just stormed. I, like, got in my car. I left the premises. <laughs> right. right. I was like, yo, I can't even talk to anybody. I'm like, it's all coming back. Everything that I hated oh, about this 100%. team in the playoffs is coming back. It's haunting me again. So I was in the building, man. Oh, my I gosh. was in the building. Game Destruction. one. Destruction. First playoff game, you know, working with MLSC. I was hyped. Yeah, and everybody was hyped. You know, this, we all thought this was the year, you know, Kawhi. Uh, he's going to be the guy that, that kind of takes us over the edge. Uh, we had a great regular season. When I tell you, man, the air that came out of that building, like that, that came out of the building, I saw a guy throw away his Kyle Lowry jersey. Cause you know, Kyle Lowry had a terrible game. Terrible Zero game points. One, oh, right? Goose eggs. Zero points. And it was just deja vu all over again. So just imagine that. And everybody exiting, and they coming to work the next day. It was, I'm telling you, you could hear like a pin drop in the office. Like nobody wanted to talk to anybody. It was, it was just it, that that gut feeling where you're like, man, it's deja vu all over again. Yeah. So, so when like, I was talk, when I was talking talking about kind of like the roller coaster being the highest highs and lowest lows, like that was probably one of the lowest points um, as an organization, like, yeah, and, and from a, exactly from a fan standpoint, <laughs> but. Um, no, and then just riding through it, man. Like going through that series, obviously coming back to win that. Uh, we were on the high going through against the Philly series. That was that was unreal. That was ridiculous. Um, Crazy. And actually, funny story that that game seven. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys actually. I'm, I'm sure you guys caught it, but I was actually on a flight from Hong Kong back to Toronto, and I, I remember and this. I missed and I missed that game. No. I remember this because I messaged you. I'm like, yo. No. Did you- I, I feel missed like that you game. Missed, I feel like you missed the because I remember you were in in you were away in the summer. Yeah, I remember this. Yeah, yeah I do remember this. That's funny, man. Yeah, and well, so I kinda, come back. Kind of sucks, <laughs> dude. I was I was halfway around the world, uh, and I was watching games. I was up at like six, seven in the morning, just trying to catch yeah. Raptors game. And it's funny because like you know, uh, when I got on the flight, I'm like, okay, I know the Raptors are playing um, Sixers game seven. I'm I'm just praying that I get I land right before the the end of the game or like. You know, somehow I I'm able to catch some of it. When I just when I landed, like I I turned on like I turned off airplane mode, whatever, and I just see my phone my my phone blows up. I have like maybe like a hundred messages. I'm like, what the hell is going on? So I just messaged like my uh, one of my like my, my basketball groups, and I'm like, what happened? I just landed. First first three words I see, Kawhi game winner. I was like, <laughs> no. No, so so yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm still sad to this day. I missed that, but um, oh man, it was crazy. I was in my living room for the first time all playoffs. I was watching the game by myself, right? And I I remember, man, I was that like, was I stood up. I was like holding onto my chair, right? Ninety six all, and he's like running to the corner. I'm like, crap, man, we're gonna go to overtime. I'm not feeling this. And then the, all the bounces, man, I'll never forget it. Right? I like left my house. I was screaming like it was yeah, crazy. My house too, yeah. It was uh, crazy. I've never seen anything or experienced anything like that. Right. And it was, you know, we, we know the magnitude of that, you know, redemption for, for oh, you saw his years. face. Oh, yeah. yeah he sure. was hype, man. Yeah. Yeah. And that was unreal, man. And the next day for that, like being in the office again, everyone was just on cloud nine, man. Everyone was going to hype. 
and and it's one of those things as an office, you know, whenever there's there's big key moments, everyone's just kind of scrambling to try to make sure you know we, we have the content we need, we need to update yeah. whatever assets we need to do. Um, so it, it kind of amplifies the situation. So when when Kawhi hit that game winner, just just um, from an MSC perspective, the next day we're like, okay, how do we capitalize on this moment? How do we you know make sure we got the content? Because there, there's a video that came out. I believe it was the next day in the afternoon. It was just kind of mimicking, um, you know, for, through the lens of Kawhi when he took that shot, like dribbling to the corner, boom, takes a shot, and then it cuts away to fans' reactions, you know, all over the country. Um, so just it's one of those things where like work becomes play play becomes work and it's it's just a mesh um and it becomes yeah you're just living and breathing everything rappers it's got so, the so, high- then, so then the next series we go down to oh early yeah so what's like what That's do you tough, i mean man. yeah it's tough right so then you, you're, and in the fashion too we were slapped it wasn't yeah. even like, it yeah. wasn't competitive yeah so what do you guys do though it's so like you, you you mentioned that on those high key like those those very high key moments where you know Kai hits a game winner you guys, it's probably one of your busiest days because you guys are scrambling yep. for content to release mm-hmm. stuff. So when you go down to zero, and when you lose games, how, what's like not only the office vibe, but like what's that workload like? How do you do you guys? How do you guys create contact content to get out of that maybe bad vibe? Yeah, no, that that's a good question because um, at the end of the day, it's you know like be working there, you, you just feel like you're an extension of the team, right? So when the team loses, you lose. When the the mm-hmm. team does mm-hmm. well, you do well, and it's just. You know, it's it's tough, right? Like it's to to keep your head up, um, to still create positive content. Uh, we have our, you know, we have our social guys, and and they're great at constantly coming up with content. Um, you know, whether it's showing, you know, rappers back in the lab, they're practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, head coach, uh, you know, we'll grab like sound bits, you know, of him trying to stay positive. You know, trying different defensive like kind of schemes. Um, at that point, it's. You know, you don't want to show that you're you're scrambling, but it's kind of yeah. like, hey, let's take the positives from out of the losses. What can we mm-hmm. do to keep moving forward? Um, you know, it's at, it's kind of like the whole team trying to search for answers, the whole organization trying to search for answers at the same time. So, uh, I mean, it's it's the 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 pros and cons of you know being an extension of a sports team, right? So, yeah, for sure. And then uh, after that, obviously Milwaukee, we win, and then. Finals, finals. Ooh. dude! Finals is unreal. Like, I <laughs> can't, I, I can't even lie, man. Like for for Toronto to be at the center stage of the media storm, because like we yeah. we've all seen, uh, you know, the the media that comes with being in the NBA finals, but to kind yeah. of see that in Scotiabank Arena every day, yeah. you know, just seeing live tapings of of the jump, you know, uh, first oh, take, seeing, oh, man. you know, Barkley, Shaq, all those guys come through. It's, it's crazy, man. It's- Yo, and, and honestly now, Ben, I'm not sure how much uh, you're into the podcast, like in terms of listening to other podcasts and stuff, but right. uh, I listen to a lot of player podcasts and a lot of players talk about how much they love coming to Toronto yeah. now. And yeah. Toronto is a vibe. Like a lot of people know, and the city I feel like has been put on, like LeBron loves to come to Toronto, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, during the summer or Steph Curry, you know, lived in Toronto for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then obviously all these guys who were younger, like to party. Toronto's a good scene for all these guys. Oh, so yeah. it's the culture is being put on notice. For sure. For sure. And, and I always found it funny when, whenever you hear Americans talk about, uh, yeah, Toronto's, know a secret gem in the world and i'm like really like it's is toronto really still a secret at this point in time because you know we've 
obviously I think like in terms of rating, like Toronto is always one of the best cities to live in, in the world. And I don't know if it's, you know, I don't want to say like, uh, like the the blinds have been been open on Toronto, but you know we've been living here our whole lives. We we know how how great the city, this country is, and yeah, like you said, it's nice to to finally you know be able to share that spotlight and have others you know visit and value us for for how great the city is. But and then finally winning the championship, how was how busy was that, and how like what maybe extra things did you have to do, or did people have to do that maybe? They didn't usually have to do on a regular win or a regular night, and and like, did you were you involved maybe in the in the parade or in, in any of that planning? So just get, take us through the behind the scenes essentially of maybe planning a parade from what you know or and 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 how the organization goes from like a media or and content standpoint when they win. Yeah, talk to me about hoisting the Larry Ob too. I want to hear that. Yeah, I, I hear know. about that. <laughs> no, definitely, uh, and I'm. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say, you know, we had everything figured out because um, for what, what a lot of people didn't understand, obviously, like, we know with the parade, there there were issues with that. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what a lot of people didn't understand was this was new territory for everybody, right? Um, this was new territory for the fans, as you know, this new territory for the organization, this new territory city. for the city, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm not going to lie, like it, a lot of this was kind of like thinking on the fly, brand, um, planning on the fly in terms of the organization. It's like, um, you know, we win the East and we, we're, we're definitely celebrating that. We're, we're celebrating that title coming out with like ran the East shirts, um, you know, any kind of promotional campaign, social campaign, um, digital assets, print, everything, signage, being able to update the signage, you know, every round, um, mm-hmm. you know, or, or updating it for the finals. A lot of that was we had to play it by ear depending on how well the team was doing and how far we were advancing. And then uh, in terms of the finals, man, like I think, um, you know, the, the narrative, it was the Raptors going against the big bad Golden State Warriors, right? Like we were supposed to be the underdogs. And then I yeah. think once we, once we won game one, it was, it was, you know, we started turning a lot of heads and, and, you know, as an organization and as a fan base, we really started to believe, I think. And um, at that point it was, you know, we planned what we could in terms of, you know, if we did win, you know, what yeah. what was it going to be? Um, I actually got a chance to help um, kind of ideate and put together some of the creative for the championship bus, which nice. was, uh, which was, yeah, which was unreal. Um, and it, it was like, it was at that point, I felt like everything that any of us within the organization, anything that we touched, we just wanted to give it our all in terms of putting forth the effort because it was it was kind of an honor at that point to to just be part of the organization. It's obviously a blessing to be on the inside, you know, inside looking out, you know, being a, an extension of the front lines for for the team. Um, no, it was it was yeah, it's being able to just you know just help out, brainstorm wherever it was, and and there weren't at at certain points there weren't really kind of like clearly defined roles. It was like, okay, it's yeah. all hands on deck. You know, if yeah. championship um, celebration, the planning, everybody, anybody and everybody, you know, we're, we're, we're all in this together. We're all going to try to, you know, win this together. Uh, and it, it really did unite kind of the, the staff um, as well as, you know, the fan base, the, the country. And um, to be honest, that, you know, that didn't end at the championship. You know, it, it kind of yeah. continued on when we were trying to, pitch Kawhi we want him to stay so right yeah it was it was a full journey don't remind me man (laughs) yeah but uh, let me ask you guys man where 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 did you guys watch 
you know, game six. And you know, so, where were you? How'd you guys oh, celebrate? No. So I'll tell we'll you. Go game, game five. So I'll oh, tell you. Game five. Five. So, oh, yeah. Because game five, we thought we had it in we the We were bank, supposed to bro. win like, game we five. We were. You know, we were right there, and right. it was the three threes at the end of the game. It was like two clay <sighs> and then one Steph. Come were you on. in the just, building? No, 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 no we, we were in Toronto. In the, so, so our boy uh, rented out. You know, you know that place in Toronto called the Morning After. It's downtown. Okay. Yeah. 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 So he booked out the entire spot for like a bunch of people from our community. So, um, we are like it's it's the like we're Egyptian by background. Oh, Zay's yeah. not really Egyptian, but he's a part of Honorary. the Egyptian community. He's adopted <laughs> son. So, um. You know, it's very similar in terms of like we all like get together, we do things together, and everybody kind of knows everybody. Right. Um, so he had that place booked out, and it was like I'd say 50, 60 people packed. You, you think know? so? We I, were, it was more, I thought it was more. Could but, be, could have been more for man. sure. And we were like, we were drinking, we were chilling, whatever, and the game was good. And it man, hype, I felt so destroyed because they stole that game away from us. Right. And then he rebooked the yeah. same spot, <laughs> <for> <laughs> game six. He's like, "Yo, we're gonna do this right, and we're gonna win tonight, and we're gonna be in the city." Yeah. And uh, lo and behold, game six happens. We win. I actually on my Instagram, on my personal Instagram, one of my memories mm-hmm. is the championship moment. Of oh when, yeah, like yeah, when they won, yeah. uh, and it was just man, it was honestly just genuine emotion. Like right. a lot, a lot of these younger fans, I feel, don't really know what it's like, right? Because right. they, for Bruh. as long as they've known the Raptors, they've been a playoff. They've been team. good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like all they've these been... kids coming up and like, oh, the Raptors have always been a playoff. No, team. Like, no bro, buddy. Oh, you don't the, know. The Raptors had T.J. Ford one year. They had, <laughs> they had Joey Graham, Linus Clay, Edo Turku. Like they weren't you know, there for the dark them. years, man. They weren't, they weren't there, there at all, man. They weren't there for uh, what's his name, Colangelo, Brian Colangelo, Bragnani, Arujo. Arujo, oh my goodness, these players, bro. So it's the transition of the team and and what it's become now, and obviously for us having gone through all those times, and and then obviously ultimately the consistent playoff disappointment and all LeBron. LeBron, I could like man, if I got a penny for. yeah, Lebronto for Lebron's sure. Yeah. Yo, and if I got a penny for every time I wanted Casey to get fired before he got fired, I'd be a millionaire. Like, <laughs> I was just done with that dude. I'm not gonna ask you to comment on that, but <laughs> <laughs> I had my beef with him, so it was it was definitely good to see just a turn, man. Like the culture, it was a good culture reset. And mm-hmm. actually, funny, we played against LeBron this year in LA when we went in and won, right? Uh, and the biggest thing I took away from that was, man, like we're finally a team that doesn't fear LeBron. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we're, we're not mm-hmm. on the court, you know, trembling at his next move or what he's going to do. And no, we got a lot of tenacious guys, young guys who grind and who had to really grind to make it to where they are right now. Right. Right. Um, being undrafted, not lottery picks. So um, it, it's awesome to see, you know, where the culture is headed right now. And, and just man, it was it was so good. It was unreal. It was, it was an amazing experience. In the streets, downtown. In yeah, the right. streets after. Yeah. After. yeah. Oh, it was crazy. The streets were crazy. And then yeah. we were actually at the parade. But I'm not gonna lie to you, man. The parade I hated that. Was parade. right oh, up man. there for like worst tough. day of my right, life. Like, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. But that wasn't like it was just too busy and mm-hmm. too long. And then obviously I was caught up in the middle of that whole shooting right, debacle right. that happened. Yeah. And that was just right. a big mess too. So yeah. mm-hmm. it was it was a it was a really like bad taint on a great season yeah. a great right. moment but right. i mean nothing can nothing can i'll do i'll do that so yo tell me about your ring though okay oh yo yeah <laughs> what what version do you, you got, got ring, what version do you the, have the ring okay. you guys don't you guys get a ring we do we do yeah um actually the so in terms of getting the ring we actually have a, a ring ceremony that's coming up next week no so, way yeah so they, they actually want to 
be able to gather everybody um, and do dope. like a full ceremony to to kind of present the rings. But That's we do, dope. yeah. It's it's we're fortunate, man. We got a chance to kind of uh, custom mm. get our, our own custom ring, and there's different tiers in terms of levels you can get. Yeah. Um, obviously, given my low income tax bracket, man, I, I'm not getting the the same rings that the the players are getting. But um, yeah, no, yeah, it, it is sure. cool to to be able to kind of celebrate with the team like that and and just get some keep something like that for for your memory, right? But yeah, for sure. Um, no, I've seen uh, I've seen th- those rings, and I'm telling you, man, that thing is that thing's like a rock, yo. It's like. <laughs> Did you did you help with the design of that at all, or was that a different team? So that was a that was that was a different team. We went through a vendor, okay. um, but we did oh, kind of okay. help um, mm-hmm. idea. We threw together a deck in terms of like elements we can add to it, um, okay. different ideas. And uh, I know there's mm-hmm. a bunch of kind of fan submitted uh, ring designs on social too. Oh no! Um, that okay. was the other cool part too. It's it's kind of seeing like it wasn't just us coming with ideas, but we were kind of looking to social a lot to see hey what else is being created. Um, you know, Toronto, you know, Canada, we're such like a talented country. So many people, so mm, many yeah. people want to be involved with it. Um, yeah, it, it was a, it was a cool creative process. Um, and yeah, we ended up going with a third vendor to, to create the rings, but, uh, no, it was cool to be part of that nonetheless. So speaking of championship gear, this summer you had a, I would say a unique opportunity, a unique and a special Dopest. opportunity. I saw it on you. I saw some stuff on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you talk about what you did, how that partnership came about, and you know what, and, and especially highlight what your flavor on that partnership Bro, was. This guy had himself a year. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> this guy had himself a year. <laughs> Damn. Keep him low key, man. Keep him low key. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, no, for sure that. You know, the, in terms of creating, um, being part of the team to, to create the first ever Raptors X Adidas World Champ shoe, uh, it was, I'm not gonna lie, it was, it was definitely one of the highlights of kind of not only my career, but, you know, of, of my Raptors fan life. Yeah. Um, and it, it was the, the opportunity just came with, um, you know, our, our creative team, obviously, we were looking to, kind of celebrate and, and create like a product from a retail standpoint where we can really kind of commemorate that championship. You know, we, we knew um, there's a championship ring, but from a, an apparel standpoint, we didn't really have something that was like a statement piece that, you know, fans could, you know, purchase, can collect and be like, man, this thing right here represented the entire Raptors season uh, in the championship. So um, the, the uh, you know, the opportunity came to, to work with the great guys at Adidas Um you know, myself and, uh, you know, my creative team, we got a chance to kind of just ideate in terms of how can we create a shoe that does this, you know, does the season justice. We didn't want to create just yeah. any kind of simple everyday shoe that anybody could rock. We really wanted to make this thing premium. We wanted to make this thing um, customized and, and really just celebrate what Raptors is all about. So, um, yeah, we, we worked with um, Adidas. Uh, on this silhouette, it's called the AM4 Tokyo silhouette, and it's got mm-hmm. the um, the boost sole at the bottom. And okay, essentially, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and I, I'm I'm sure everybody's kind of seen the pictures online now through yeah, yeah. Um, the Raptors social. Well, we're gonna have it. We're gonna we'll have it as our cover. It. Yeah, anyways. we'll post it. Okay, okay, dope. Yeah. But it was just for us. It was kind of like ideating. Uh, we had maybe at least thirty to forty different designs, like shoe designs. Um, you know that that were that. Were, we created to kind of help tell a different story and it went all the way from, you know, including players, numbers, uh, names, um, scores, 
dates, uh, anything we could think of that we could pull from the season, and we really don't want to incorporate into the shoe. So, yeah. um, and you know, my, myself, I, I was tasked with kind of helping ideate a lot of these, um, and we just came out with, you know, we want to create on the canvas of it. We want to have kind of the DNA of the season. So we, we came up with the idea of having the dates, you know, um, all the dates of each one of our playoff wins along with the scores of the wins. Right. And uh, and then just having across the, the forefront just the word world champs in gold um, to really kind of accent that. It's too nice. Yeah, yeah and amazing. then we wanted the, yeah. to add in the, the bits uh, of the Raptors red on the heel. Uh, obviously, you, you got to yeah. pay tribute to We the North. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And it just kind of came together, you know. There, uh, there was a lot of ideas. There's a lot of, um, you know, people that wanted to get involved, especially when there's there's a kind of a project of this magnitude. And at the end of the day, we just we all just wanted to create the best possible product. And yeah, Adidas killed it from a production standpoint. Those guys did a great job um, from a PR standpoint. And then uh, yeah, also just seeing Kyle Lowry's kind of reaction to and his unboxing was that was mm-hmm. that was the best part. That was really the best part. Just. Um, just kind of seeing how, when he said, I guess like you know he, he's happy that only 613 were created to, to match June 13th. But um, when he you know I was said, like, yeah, is that the Ottawa area code? <laughs> <laughs> okay, it makes sense. And we wanted we wanted to have like little things like that that only true rappers fans would understand, right? Like we yeah, didn't want yeah. it to be like blatantly obvious. Like um, the dates exactly. Yeah, exactly. Discreet. I like that. Yeah, it, he he seemed to love it and. Um, so, so that, did you get to work directly with Kyle then? We didn't. We didn't. No? So okay. um, we, I, I know some of the ideas were presented to Kyle, um, and he just kind of gave the the okay on certain designs, um, and he just he gave his input in terms of what he thought the the shoe should represent from okay. a storytelling perspective, but. Um, no, I, I wish I wish uh, I could get him to, to sign one of these things for me. But. Hey man, you're on. I mean, you're on pace. This is a hell you're of a close, first year. Yeah. On, hell of a first year. So I mean, it's, it's Dustin. Have you ever met any of the guys? Uh, I've met. Yeah, so I've met uh, a couple of those. Actually, the majority of the guys. Um, I, I took part. Or every year we have um, a Raptors marketing day. So where it's essentially a media day where we get a chance to kind of take photos of of them, take videos, capture content that we're going to use for the entire year. And, um, yeah, again, I've been fortunate to be part of two now, actually. So last year when, when Kawhi first came, we kind of all got a chance to see Kawhi. Jeez, yeah. It, it, first glimpse at him. Um, and he was, it was, it was, it was weird, man. It's one of those things where you see him on TV and you see him in real life. You're like, man, you're just like, you're a quiet guy. Like you're just, <laughs> he's not, he's not joking. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. then seeing his hands in, in person, it's dude, that thing was like, it's like a shack hand, you know? It's, it's crazy. Up. It's messed up. Yeah. It's it's messed up. And honestly, like I feel like he holds a basketball like he hold like I would hold an orange. An orange. Yeah. Right, no, for sure. And crazy story, crazy. man. I went to shake his hand because like when when players come in, you kinda just want to like introduce yourself, you shake his hand. I almost ended up just shaking like his index finger. Cause like I was like <laughs> I was like a baby hand compared to his. Oh, I was like, Are you man. serious? It is funny. <laughs> But uh, no, no you get and you get a chance to kind of meet different players. Um, you 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 just kind of like chop it up with them. Uh, yeah, so it's from that standpoint, it's it's pretty, it's definitely pretty cool. Yeah, no, for sure, man. And and thank you so much for getting into that. It was really dope to just get that inside perspective. Uh, but let's let's talk some basketball because that's honestly what we're yes, mainly sir. here to do. That's why this podcast is around. So um, let's start off with a little bit of Raptors. I'm not going to talk too much about that, um, but 
th- 0-3 last week. Um, obviously, in Kyle's return, we did go up against some tougher teams. Right. Um, but two losses at home, mm-hmm. uh, three in a row. Is there a little bit of concern? Because, honestly, Pascal has looked a little bit weaker mm-hmm. in our losses. I know in our wins, he's up at, like, 25 points a game, mm-hmm. um, shooting 46 47%. And in, in the losses, he's uh, about, like, 17 and change, shooting 38%. Mm-hmm. So uh, are you, as a Raptors fan, are you worried, or what's what's going on through your mind? Yeah, I, I think you, you pointed out it's um, – there has to be a little cause of concern from, from a Raptor perspective, right, like a Raptors fan perspective, because, you know, just, just kind of seeing, getting to the root of the problem. For us, defensive rebounding is, has been – one of our biggest weaknesses, right? And, um, Preach. right. Yeah. And, and, and you it know, drives me crazy. We had Serge Ibaka out for a couple of games, like nine to 10 games. It was easy to kind of pin it on that. We didn't have enough big bodies, but having mm-hmm. him back the last three games, you know, uh, sorry, the last couple of games, bringing Kyle back, you know, being fully healthy, you know, you think that, yes, we got to kind of transition our, our guys back, but it's, you know, at the root of it, it's like, we got Serge there. We got Marcus Sol. We got Boucher in the mix. Like we can't be constantly kind of giving up these second second hand uh, or these uh, sorry these offensive rebounds at the end of the shot clock because I think at the end of that if you don't secure that rebound we can't go out and we can't run and for the Raptors you know fast break points like we we need those for a team we we we've seen what what happens when we kind of slow it down uh, in that half court set like we we don't have you know outside of Pascal Freddie. We don't have those guys that can really create um, and, and give us those ISO points. So yeah. it, there, there is some cause of concern, um, but you know, hopefully, you know, tonight as as we're recording this, uh, hopefully we're kind of blowing out the Bulls and getting yeah. us back on it's, track. It's a bit of a short game. It's a bit of a close game. I'm like kind of following. We're up five though. Right. We're up right. five. And Pascal's last I checked, he had 13 and 12 minutes, so he's attacking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, he's attacking. You guys, do you guys think we were putting too much on Pascal? This is his only real first year of. But how many first stardom, years is bro? he gonna get? This is his first year of like actually being a star on a team. Yeah, but he's had know, like, like, he's had like three first years of every chapter of his career. Well, what do you expect? Like, I, I'm not he's saying developing. he should be going out and getting thirty, but it's if you're like when you're watching the games, it's the fashion in which like when he's when we're losing and he's targeted by the defense, it's taking him completely out of the game. It's not even like. Like it's shutting him down on. He's not passing the ball. Mm. He's the ball's not moving. He it's forces. Stagnant. He's he taking forces. a lot of bad shots, which is leading to fast breaks. Right. And the issue too is is Nick Nurse. Like Nick is your guy, Zade. Like this is. Bro, I'm, I'm like I love you. Nick Nurse too, and don't get me wrong. And his defense has been incredible against mm-hmm. certain guys. It's been poor. But the there's, last there's got to be a balance between shutting down the best guy and leaving right. every other guy open. Like yeah. I want to talk about the Houston game for a yeah. second. Yeah. That was extremely frustrating. Mm-hmm. And I read a stat. It was like. Uh, the the Rockets took fifty five threes. Twenty nine of them came within. I think there was minimum six feet, feet clear feet, of a yeah. defender. Right, like you you can't because okay. you saw what they were doing earlier. The they were Rockets doubling. Only job is to shoot threes. These and this is a known factor on the league. How are we? You know, letting them put up thirty shots within. You know, there's not a guy within six feet. That but is unacceptable. You saw what they were doing, and it, I I never I know Nick Nurse likes to experiment a lot. But I didn't yeah. think he had to experiment with a Western Conference team, especially a team as good as Houston. They're not a playoff rival. We only see them twice a year. Yeah. Just stick to your defense. I think he tried to experiment too much with the whole 
let's double him right when he crosses half. Right. And then he and then I mean Harden's a smart dude. He's just gonna pass it. And that's where oh, man, the, there, the threes come in where there's nobody around them. There's a possession, Ben, that I was just laughing at to Zade earlier. Um I don't know if you guys saw this, but there was one half court set where OG was um, pressed up against Harden at the half or like just after the half. And it was like the rest of the four Rockets guys playing this like spread the arc kind of like yeah they don't go inside (laughs) yeah like kind of swing passing like passing fives and i swear to you man like our four defenders are just like scrambling like it's like monkey in the middle Mm -hmm. and og's just standing there watching this all happen because he's too busy focused (laughs) on a guy who's literally not moving and i'm and i'm so frustrated i'm like man like this is not it and i'm not nick nurse i'm not an nba basketball coach but i'm i'm looking at this and i'm so frustrated it's like Where's the balance in between running mm-hmm. a box one or, or um, a, what was the one, other one that he triangle ran? Like plus a, two? A triangle triangle two. two, yeah, essentially. Like, yeah, yeah. A, a, yeah, this great defense to run, but you're in the NBA. What happens when they start passing around that? And on the other hand, too, you mentioned Serge is coming back. No disrespect against Serge, but Chris Boucher gave us great minutes, man. And I'm not saying oh, like ride, I'm not saying ride Boucher give him 30, 40 minutes a game, but man, like for him to just go to the bench like that and not play. Not play not at all. Play. Like, he gives us great minutes defensively. He can rebound. Mm-hmm. There was a few games he came in off the bench. He gave us like a 13 and 10. 13 he was and 11. shooting. He was stretching the floor even. You know, yeah. He was shooting threes. Forget his offense. I just want somebody to rebound and block shots. He can get up. He's a great defender. He's long. I, I just, you know, I, I want to see things change a little bit in terms of I want Chris Boucher back on the court. You know, I want – I mean – Again, I'm not going to ask you because of your position. I'm sure this is a <laughs> conflict of interest. But me personally, I have a huge bone to pick with Kyle Lowry. And I love Fred Van Vliet. And I'm just ready. Like, I'm ready for the next chapter. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask you <laughs> what you think about it. But I'm just saying I am ready for that next chapter. I think Freddie's ready. And right. I think the team just looks different. When Fred, it's like Kyle Lowry's still producing. He had 22-6 and five i think the other night like he's still playing well he's shooting well mm-hmm. but it's the same idea of when when Kyrie's in the game yeah his stats are looking good his field goal percentages are looking good team but they're four yeah. and seven and then dinwiddie takes over and they're nine and three stats are very similar but it's just a different attitude and i felt that and i i know zade was telling me he's like you can't really say that the competition was a little bit harder um before you know and after and i get all that but I just like the way the team plays with Freddie and everyone's fighting for each other. And I like the shots, you know, being distributed more to other guys. No, for sure. I, I think we, like, you guys all on the other end, uh, on the head in terms of, like, potential issues that are coming down and are actually current issues that are happening with the squad. Um, you know, Kyle Lowry, like, to to his credit, like, he's he's kind of owned up to, to the fact that they're on this kind of three-game skid, right? Like, he knows that this is, you know, in – you know, is it a coincidence that he's back three games and then they're they're losing three games? Like, it's like he knows as a, as a leader on the team that this is a transition period. And I think I was reading, um, you know, a quote from him saying that, you know, at the end of the day, like it's it, like they were winning without him and and Serge Ibaka, but this Raptors team, like him and Serge, are are going to be two critical pieces to this, you know, to how far they go down the stretch. So it's on er- kind of er- you know everybody to figure out. You know where they fit. You know, like who's coming off the bench. You know, d- distributing these minutes. Like, it's it's easy to to look at how well they were they were playing without them and, and kind of discredit what they bring to the team. Because we saw Definitely. Kyle Lowry, you know, ball out right in the finals that game six. He yeah, came out gunning. Man. 
right? And and Serge, we we know like his, his shot blocking presence. He he still he can still hit the three. He can still help spread the floor. Yeah. Um, these guys are still going to be two critical pieces to it. Um, sure. And and even and Kyle kind of brought this up um, about before they got injured, right? Before both of them went down, they were they were six and two. So they they were they were still rolling. Um, obviously there was a, a an easier schedule in terms of like their opponents that they played, but um, they were playing well. And and I think right now it's just kind of, you know, it's it's a good problem for the Raptors to have in that you have, yeah. uh, you know, bench mob two point We've seen um, RHJ come out. We've seen Terrence Ronde Davis hustle play well. One day, man. Oh, they work oh, hard. Yeah, Rondé hustle guys. Jefferson. Oh yeah, yeah, chat man. Um, and so, so these guys do, these guys do really well. And, uh, so now it's just like Nick Nurse has a problem, a good problem where they can, you know, it's like, who do you play? Who do you rest? Yeah, yeah. And we're just deep, right? Like we're getting everybody, yes. these young guys, the experience they need. So come playoff time, hopefully that's, you know, this, this works in our favor that, you know, we have Terrence Davis. This guy's never, never Ooh. shy to shoot. TD. So. so do you think we, we make changes any chance? Cause I see reports about. Raptors interested in Tristan Thompson, which doesn't seem to bode well with Raptors fans. Mm-hmm. I don't like. I, I from what I've seen, it's been it's been a bunch of negative comments about that. Right. And there's also another Cavalier that there, that Kevin I've Love? seen reports of Kevin Love. Mm-hmm. And I had mentioned actually to Fetty maybe last week. I was like, "What do you think about getting Kevin Love?" Um, and I don't think he was too fond of it from what yeah. I remember. From what I remember, but what do you think? Like, do we make a change? Do we go for a TT? Do we go for a, uh, no, Kevin Love? I, I don't think we talked about Kevin Love. We talked about Jamal Crawford and no, no, uh, no, no, no. This is like away from from the mm. podcast. I remember. I don't I know. I, I feel like K Love would be a good fit. That's what I'm saying. That's why I, like, I was like, bro, he's he's the stretch four. He can shoot the three. He can rebound. He can. Can he defend? I don't know. But he's, I, he's not that I, bad of a defender, but, but he's not really. Are good. you going to put him with Mark Gasol, like a four and a five thing? No, like you, I, you, I give, you, hope, you give away Gasol. I would and he hope, play the five. Yeah, I would hope that that would be the case. Gasol would just find his way. <laughs> find his way somewhere else. Don't <laughs> 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 get paid somewhere else, bro. Don't take someone else's money. Yeah, so here, here's the thing about Kevin Love. Because I, I kind of had this discussion uh, with, with a few of my friends, too. And, you know, we they, they floated the idea, obviously, Kevin Love wants out of. Cleveland, you know, we yeah. we need rebounding. On paper, it could potentially be a good fit, but just I don't know, man. Why as a basketball fan watching Kevin Love play the last couple of years, it's it's rough, man. It's you know, he's he's a, he's 31, but he's an aging 31 in terms of yeah. like what his body's been through. Terrible like, shape. And I I don't even know to be honest, I think giving him 60 games per season that's that's you know, more than generous, generous. I think at this point in his career. Um, obviously he's great uh, in terms of his shooting ability, his offensive ability, but the, defensively, I don't know if he helps us with that much. Like shot blocking, you know, like no, if no, we go for Kevin Love, really. we'd have to we'd have to give up probably Ibaka, probably not oh, yeah. Marcus. Uh yeah. we'd have to give up some pretty substantial pieces, and I don't know if he moves the needle for us that well, that much. See, and, my um, issue with K Love is that like I think of him as. 2016 K Love, 2017 right. K Love, the elite shooter. I right. just a I haven't really seen much of him at all. I don't really, not that I don't even necessarily pay attention to the Cavs. I just feel like even on the Cavs, he's not really doing anything this year. He's not. Um, he's not. I, I feel yeah. like Tristan Thompson's having a better season than him. Mm-hmm. And honestly, when I really do think about it, I would prefer Tristan Thompson right. on our team yeah. over Kevin Love. Uh, but Kevin Love could give you that elite shooting. But like you said, Ben, just the lack of health. Uh, also heading into the postseason like we can't the way the team is constructed if we get a Kevin Love we're gonna have to really make him a focal point of the team right yes and if he goes out in the playoffs then what do we got exactly yeah yeah you know 
I would hope. Obviously, they're not going to give up Pascal on that deal, so you'll still have Pascal. But then you come back to where we're at now, and right. if you if you are just a team of Pascal, and you're going to zone in on Pascal, like Ben Simmons makes him really uncomfortable. Right. We, we don't necessarily need another offensive threat. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to take out Swap Gasol, who's not an offensive threat at all most of the time. For for no, not most of the time, it's now for, all the time. <laughs> for, I don't think if you if the you basket the last three games, man. Exactly. So if you swap him for Tristan, who can who can protect the rim who can rebound and he can score and he's been shooting threes apparently he can score, he can score on the basket far, not a gasol kind of guy but like but he's he's he I can mean, offensively he's not incapable he exactly. can clean up around the rim he can put back and he makes shots for himself he's the only player right now for the Cavs in double digits there you <laughs> so. go so you don't have to call his number you don't need to play for him you don't, you don't need to center your offense around him he's a guy who protects the rim has a high motor rebounds well and Picks up loose yeah, balls. 14 and, stuff and like 10 on the season, 51%. Shooting 43% from three, man. Jeez. Told you, the shooter, bro. He's a shooter. I want to know how many attempts that remember is. That, that, that's, 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 remember that Philly that's, game when he hit those threes? Yeah, yeah that's yeah, the yeah, game yeah, I saw. Exactly. Talking all that trash. Yeah. All that trash. <laughs> but he's probably like four for 10 on the season. Like yeah, this. he's like, <laughs> <laughs> no way that's a good sample size. And also from a contract perspective, right? Like just looking at Kevin Love, like he has three years, 90 mil left in that. Like, Beyond this Damn. year, if it doesn't work out, yeah. like, you know, having nah. having an unhealthy, you know, Kevin aging Love. big man that's gonna take a bulk of that salary. Yeah. I don't know if that's good, but um, look at Tristan's. He he's actually unrestricted free agent um, next year. So yeah, has one more. from a contract perspective, yeah, TT definitely does make more sense. And like Much you said, he's he's sense. the hustler. He's the rebounder. He's not gonna yeah. want his own shots. Like I think from an offensive perspective, like we have more than enough. Um, shots like players that that can create, yeah. pass, shoot. It's it's really just that there's, defense. There's two. There's two guys. I would want either of them for the Raptors. If we got both, it'll be a dream come true. But I don't think it'll ever happen. But one is Bradley Beal. Can you imagine? I want. Yeah. I've wanted Bradley Beal for years. I I don't know why. I feel like he would be such a good Toronto guy, mm-hmm. and he's exactly the scorer that we need. Like. We don't really have a two. He's a walking have, bucket, bro. We have like we play Van Vliet at the two. We lost Danny Green in the trade er, in the off season. Right. Um. So you're starting Kalo and and Fred, and then you have Norm off the bench, and that's been clear that he's not going to be anything yeah, other because yeah. <laughs> Nick Nurse earlier said, you know what? I, and kudos to Nick Nurse for having these tough conversations. Like, think about in our personal lives, how many times we want to tell a coworker, a friend, you know, the awkward thing that you know, hey, listen, like. I don't want to tell you this, but X, Y, Z. Right. He's literally taking after he scores 33, after he scores 25, and he's like, listen, you did great as a starter, and we appreciate all the work that you do. You're a but bench the guy. reality is you're a bench guy, and that's <laughs> and you just continue to thrive in your role. Uh, I'm a little bit iffy on why Nick is telling the public that because I think that's a little bit uh, degrading to, to Norm, but I'm sure that they have it's a good, uh, good enough relationship that he's going to get you know get through that. So, um no, but from that perspective, man, like, it, it's just I, I, I want a change. Bradley Beal would bring that change. And then, obviously, the second person would be the homecoming king, Andrew Wiggins. Oh. Tristan Thompson is also I homecoming, w- too. Man, get out of here, <laughs> He's bro. playing at home, bro. Man, you know how excited he'll man, be? Everybody from the GTA knows that Brampton is not a part of the GTA, brother. <laughs> man. Nobody claims Brampton. Nobody. That's a fact. Kaladin doesn't even claim Brampton, and there's, like, 30 people out there. <laughs> So, homecoming king, Andrew Wiggins, um, finally, finally, finally starting to turn his career around, having a, a pretty good season. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty happy with him, and, and I think he's 
the idea of him coming home probably now more than ever, seeing maybe a different core with Freddie eventually when he decides to come. I don't think Larry will be here. Right. Uh, but Freddie, Pascal, a young core, athletic core. If we can add him as our three, I think that would be that would be cool. really good, yeah. and it'll give him the confidence that he needs. And I I don't know. I, what do you think about that, Ben? Well, let me ask you guys this: Would you rather have Andrew Wiggins or Jamal Murray? Ooh. Um, I would only take you, you Andrew can only Wiggins. Have one king. Yeah, I would only take Andrew Wiggins, and the main reason is nothing to do with either of them, but it's more to do with Freddie. Okay. Like I, I just I love every fiber of Freddie's being. Like I love what he's made of. I love his competitive spirit, his grind, um, his defense. He's like a mini Kyle Lowry in terms of mm-hmm. he's a yeah. he's a small guy he's who can copy. defend big guys. He's a small guy who's ruthless and can finish around the rim. He's a great shooter. Right. Um. Again, Jamal Murray is a great player as well. I just I would hate to see Freddie go, and I think Freddie. Is more Toronto made than Jamal. Jamal is more, uh, you know, Kitchener Waterloo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, here's a here's K- Kitchener Waterloo, bro. KW, KW, Who knows Cambridge. in that water, bro? So yeah, something. I mean, you lived in Waterloo, so you definitely bro, know the top water. Not drinkable, there. Yeah, <laughs> it's very sketch. It's very bottled very water, bro. Bottled water. Yeah, all day. Exactly. So um, I don't know. How about you, Zaid? What what do you what do you think? I'll most I'll take. I think Jamal Murray is still he's still a bit too young to kind of decide between him and him, him and. Andrew What's the Wiggins? age difference? Because Andrew came in the league pretty young. I think I'm the year, I think the you, year difference is maybe that. three years that they've been in the league. That's what I'm going to guess. Okay. But Jamal Murray is still like – he's still just, he's, to me, an offensive – he's still an offensive player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 97. Uh, he, I think I think uh, Wiggins is 95. I think Wiggins can do more. He's he's more of like a, a guy who can play probably both ends of the floor just because of his size, his length, his athleticism. Jamal Murray is just – he's mainly a scorer, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. – and Wiggins is a scorer as well, and he has that extra part of his game where no, he can, but he's athletic. Can distribute. He Jamal's can distribute, point guard. but then why do we have Freddie? Why do we have those but other guys? Right, that's, that's, right. That's so that's saying. what I'm saying is as well. It, it would work at the expense of a Freddie, and I just I don't want to love Freddie. Freddie. Yeah, um, there's no way. I love Freddie. Right. I love. I just love that our whole team has that story, you know? Like the undrafted story, the I wasn't supposed to be here story. Mm-hmm. Late bloomer um, story. Jamal Murray recruited. went to Kentucky. Like he was recruited. He was a high-level player coming in. I don't want to say he had it made because obviously you have to work hard to get to that level. Uh, but a guy who's, you know, sat through a draft and sat through 60 names getting called and didn't hear their name. A guy who had to go and say, well, listen, I've already declared for the draft. I can't do this again. Yeah. Like, that's mm-hmm. my reality. I can't just do this again. So I need to, you know, backs up against the wall. I need to find a way for myself, whether they go to the, through the G League, whether they, they go to Europe and come back. Like, look at Kendrick Nunn, man. Look at yeah. look at all these guys in Miami. Like, all these guys in Miami are, are like Duncan Robinson. Like, the these Robinson, guys are all yeah. products. Even Bam Adebayo played a little bit in their G League. And Bam is... Bam's looking like a young Draymond Green. Like, he's looking like that guy that they want to run the offense through. Mm-hmm. He had a huge game yesterday, like 23, mm-hmm. 15, and 6. I love Bam. Or 26-13. He can do everything. Something crazy like that. It was a near triple-double. And, and like, Her- Hero, 27 off the bench. Like, all these guys, and they're, they're developing and, and just going through the G League, going through European guys. It's a different vibe. I'm telling you, basketball is, is changing that way. Right. How about you, Ben, between Jamal and uh, and Wiggins? Uh, no, for sure, man. I think like you guys obviously made some good arguments. Um, and there's a case, I think there's an argument for both players, right? Like there, there's a reason for why sure. both of these guys are probably the top two, three Canadian basketball players in the world right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but for me personally, just just as a as a I guess a, a basketball fan, um, I like Jamal Murray's game more. 
I think um, like Andrew Wiggins, yes, he, he's more of a two-way player, um, and, and he'll fit with the current system. But just just looking at how Jamal Murray's kind of evolved year over year, because uh, with Andrew Wiggins, we knew he had all the potential in the world. He came out, you know, he he had a great, a terrific first couple of years, and he kind of fell off for those last couple of seasons. Sure. And this yeah. year, he, Jimmy he, got there, right? This year, he's bouncing yeah. back, and he he's, he's been balling. So nothing, definitely nothing against him. But yeah. Jamal Murray's uh, extension has just been remarkable, man. This kid, watching it, I remember watching the BioSteel game. Uh, high school, high school with him and uh, Thon Maker, and you could see it even at that age. Just his his IQ for the game is is off the charts, man. It's it's yep. it's always been beyond his years. And he, th- when it comes down to it, like in terms of like that clutch moment, this kid got ice in his veins. Like yeah. we we've seen Wiggins hit obviously daggers too, and big so, shots, like, yeah, big yeah. shots. Um, yeah. But Jamal Murray, he he's younger, he's not afraid. He and he he wants it all, man. I think. Yeah, that's the type of player that at the end they, at the end that you want to build around, right? Like Freddie, like you know this kid, he's he's always gonna be be a workhorse. He's gonna be a solid starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's proven that he's a solid starter, but I don't know if, he, if he's a star that you can necessarily build around. And like sure. Jamal Murray, I think probably potential is 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 uh, you know higher than Wiggins just from from that standpoint. Uh, Murray. Yeah, yeah, Murray's got unlimited range. Two years younger, too. Two years younger, right? Like he's got unlimited range, um, and he, he just has the confidence. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Much better yeah. shooter. Um, I mean, there's no wrong answers. I just, I would just love, yeah. you know, Murray. I think he'll he'll excel in the Raptors. Yeah, but either or, I'll take either homecoming. <laughs> either, either one wants to come, our doors are open. Man. Our doors are open. Um, one last thing before we wrap it up, and honestly, Ben, like, I'm sorry, man, I kept you longer than no, you no, probably no, had dude. anticipated. This is by far the longest episode of yeah, podcast history, absolutely. and we don't give a crap. Like, he's looked at me a few times. He's been like, "Yo, time, time." I'm like, "Yo, let her run, let her run." He's like, "Yo, you got it." Like, yeah, this honor, is a good bro. conversation. So, one last thing before we let you go for the night, homie. Um, we saw reports. Uh, I saw them through like Real GM and another. I think it was a like Clutch Points or something. I saw released. a bunch everywhere. Um, Mr. Masai Ujiri declined a extension from the Raptors last summer, mm-hmm. and apparently is enticed by the opportunity of rebuilding the Knicks, helping them uh, win. Now, before we get into what I'm you guys think that on down that, right now. I'm gonna just shut that down right now. Okay, okay, okay. Just shut that down right now. Cause he and that's not even. It's not even like. Um, like a MLC like insider information or anything like that. He's, oh, he's publicly declared that he has zero interest with the Knicks, right? Like yeah. he he's gone on he's he's gone on air and he said that he you know he hates the Knicks. So I don't know. <laughs> hey, oh, but bro. yo, honestly, yo, take yo. it. Look, if you actually like play devil's advocate for a second, it's a good opportunity. You've man. now come to Toronto. You've helped this country bring a, a championship. Some would say your mission has been more than accomplished. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're looking at this is a top five um, most valuable franchises in major sports history. Major sports, not just basketball. The world, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, with New York City being the city that it is and MSG being the building that it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opportunity to rebuild in New York with him there, I think, is a lot easier than in, in any other stage only because you have that city. I understand the whole Dolan thing. Uh, taints the franchise, oh, yeah. but right. I think that Masai's made a name for himself that if he were to go to New York, players would want to move thinking, okay, we've seen what Masai's made of. We've seen what he's done in Denver. We've seen what he's done in Toronto in terms of he doesn't come in and and become you know a part of the franchise. He, like, he comes in and does his own thing. Mm-hmm. Like Toronto, 
Masai did his own thing in Toronto, and I feel like the ownership gave him, you know, the flexibility. So you would think that if he's going to New York, he'll have he's that. gonna have that flexibility. And obviously, being a big market, could bring players in. So it definitely seems like an enticing opportunity. But you're shutting that down right away, huh? And, and I'm shutting it down because I, I think it's it's you know when you whenever you talk about New York, I think it's always kind of like twofold, and especially with uh, when you link Masai to New York. Like the first yeah. is, you know, us us you know basketball fans and the whole NBA history. Like we look at New York and and we understand it's the, it's the mecca, you know, mm-hmm. of basketball. We understand the the rich history that it has, but I think, you know, the reality of it is that, especially in the modern you know modern age of the last you know decade, the last two decades, yeah. like, you know, I'm not hating on New York, but. The Knicks franchise, the appeal of that Knicks franchise, just isn't as strong as what it used to be, right? Like, and sure. and, and you and you see that. In KD terms said of, it too. Sorry, you said that. KD said that in the. Oh, exactly, too. exactly. Yeah, the, and and I think that you know, I, I was reading a stat actually the the other day about New York. In the last nineteen years, they've only made the postseason four times, Jeez. and in the last two decades, they've only won one postseason series. Oh my! That's embarrassing, gosh. man. That's embarrassing, oh right? Oh my gosh! For you know, we talk about the dark years that the Raptors had. Like the Knicks are going through some some storms right now, and and yo, and, they don't they don't just lie. Like they're not just you know just missing the playoffs. Like these guys are scraping the bottom every year. Look at their team. Just look at the the team. Look at who they're able to get. Who look at who they say they're gonna get for hey, man, every summer. Julius Randle is Zay's <laughs> guy, bro. Oh yeah, that's your boy. Man, he was killing it bro, last been, year for I've the Pels, been, man. I've been ripping this guy for Julius Randle for years, bro, man. Bro, he was killing it last year for the Pels. And right. I think, was it me or you had him on fantasy? I think you had him on bro, fantasy. Bro, I have him on fantasy because that's all he is, man. He's just Come a on. fantasy guy. And then the Knicks he's came in and ruined guy. him. He's Knicks ruined him. Guy. The Knicks ruined right. him like they ruined everybody else, nah, bro. he's not a winning guy. And Probably so, that not. yo, I think that's actually, you know, what you said, how the Knicks ruined him. That's that's fair, man. You've seen how many players come to New York. You've seen how many head coaches come to New York. And it's... You know, I hate to sit, call him a laughing stock because you know New York's obviously important in terms of the the overall story for the NBA. But nobody wants to be the Knicks, man. The fact that both Kyrie yeah. and yeah. KD didn't even take a meeting with the Knicks—that's <laughs> embarrassing. Yeah, you know? for sure. You know no, I mean? for sure. And they went next door. And exactly. And they went, and yeah, they went next door. Brooklyn, to go to the Nets too, who is the, always the little brother of the New York. Bro. That's yeah. that's a slap in the face. Yeah. And Sorry, and I, yeah, go, go ahead, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, and I was gonna say, and and the and the second part, you know, with Masai is, um, just, you know, working with MLSC, getting a chance to kind of hear him talk. Um, we, we, you know, every year we have kind of like a staff conference with MLSC, and we bring coaches, we bring you know, uh, presidents, um, and and we kind of celebrate. We do like a year in review. We celebrate the the success of different sports teams, and and I've gotten a chance to kind of hear Masai a couple of times, and you know what what I will say about him is that. He loves Toronto, man. Like he, he hates Brooklyn. He, he yeah. Ha- oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was at the square for that, by the way. Oh, are you? That's amazing. Yeah, I was right That's there. Amazing. I was right well, there. Well, that fine was well worth it, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my god, for sure. But but beyond that, like he he absolutely loves Toronto and he yeah. loves Canada. Like yeah, hearing yeah. him talk um, about you know just just his vision, right? Because I I think you know more than anything, the last couple of years we've all gotten a chance to see. No, just just how how genius of a of a you know visionary Masai yeah. really is, you know, yeah, on and sure. off the court in terms of building his team, being able to, you know, just just kind of manage the the delicacies of owning a, a 
a successful in a championship organization. Like he knows what it takes. He knows when when to let players go. He knows yeah. you know who he needs to bring in. But um, so he's a winner tr- like through and through. And more than anything, like more than just wanting to win a championship, he made it very clear that he wanted to win a championship in Toronto for Canada. Yeah, and it's and I think that speaks volumes, right? Like there's there's like you said, based on his track record, his resume, he can he can do this anywhere in the league he wants, but yeah. he wants to do this in Toronto and it's you know, it's it's kinda of like the perfect partnership, right? Like we give him the free reign. Like I think we understand Masai um, you know, more than let's say like a, a New York organization would and mm-hmm. our values just kinda of align better and that's why I think, you know, I I'd I'd truly be shocked if he, he if he made the move to the Knicks. Um I feel like he'd be like Richard Jefferson. He'd probably retire before he takes the offer <laughs> with the next. Definitely, definitely. But, and um, I know, I know. I told you guys that was the last thing, but one last, last, last thing for the both of you. You can hit me with one word answers. But to add to our homecoming question, R.J. Barrett or Jamal Murray? Woo! It's too early, but you're gonna go. You're gonna go. I mean, hopefully the Knicks don't ruin him too. But you, if you go off potential, like. Bro, RJ Barrett can be a beast, man. Yeah, he's big. He's like know? a shooting Ben Simmons. Yeah, he he can he can be a beast. It's too early to compare him to Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray is way more advanced because he's been in the league longer and his his game is way more polished. But mm-hmm. you, and he you, has the opportunity. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't. RJ doesn't the really get the opportunity. Staff, the right. organization, everything's behind him. But I mean, RJ could be nasty, man. He, yeah. you, I mean, a lot of comparisons to like a mellow kind of guy, you know. So I don't yeah. know how that would fit. If he he's would, shown would, glimpses, man. He's shown potential. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know how that would mm-hmm. fit to get just a pure scorer on on the Raptors like that. But I, at this point, I would take Jamal. But like, be, like you hope RJ Barrett's his his yeah. his window is is I'm sorry, his ceiling is is very high. Right. Ben. Right. Yeah. No, I I gotta agree with you guys. I I think the the unknown with RJ Barrett, his uh his potential, just given his size and his athleticism, mm-hmm. his all around game, it's it's high, man. It's yeah. I. If he pans out to what we think he can be, this, this kid's going to be dominant. Bring him Definitely. over. And then yeah. the last one for you guys, Shea or RJ Barrett? Shea. Shea's a baller, Shea's man. nasty, baller. bro. Yeah, Shea's good, he is, man. He is. He is. So I, I got a question for you guys. Are our guests allowed to ask questions? Absolutely, yeah. man. I got one for you guys. So this this episode, I'm, I'm guessing, is going to air Wednesday, right? Yeah. Wednesday yeah. night? Yeah. So just it'll be just in time for Kawhi to come back. As a Raptors fan, I'm curious to know what you guys think, man. Would you or would you not give Kawhi a statue? And or would you retire his jersey? Oh, yes, man. retire jersey, jersey, yes. No question. Absolutely. No question. Statue? I would do that Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I, would do that. I would do that Wednesday. Are you crazy? Statue is tough, man. I The only reason I wouldn't do a statue, the he only left. reason... Is because it was only one year and it would just be the epitome of thirst and it would I just know. make us look yeah. so right. bad. Right. But from a sentimental perspective and the value of what he did for the country, I think 100% he deserves a, a statue. Right. It's tough though. To, to, but it's tough to also then you, you look at what he did. What he did was great and then he leaves. Yeah. yeah. It, and that's, it's, the thing, it's, right. that's the thing. He left. You know, yeah. like, yeah. So yeah. It, uh, Jersey, I'm all for Jersey. That's like. Like, if we do create easy. a statue for him, he can't be the first. Yeah, I'm with that. Fair. I'm with that. That's fair. I'm with that's that. That's fair. But VC, VC no, first. I go VC first. I'm going VC first. I'd even, honestly, maybe pull one out for Demar too. I'm just saying, maybe, maybe throw it out there. Right, right. Kyle Lowry, maybe Kyle Lowry and Demar uh, can get a joint one. 
I feel like it, it gets in those politics, right? Like, if you get Demar, you got to put up Cut. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And it's like you got to yeah. put up VC for what he's done. And yeah, then, exactly. And then Andrea Barniani is gonna hit us. Be like, oh, actually, <laughs> yeah. no one First of Jose, all, pick DJ Barniani. Jose Calderon, yo. Jose, Jose, that's my guy, bro. man. <laughs> Uh, okay, so uh, Ben, I want to thank you, man, and Zaid. Yes. Both of us want to thank you a lot for uh, giving us your time and, and just letting us know everything from an insider perspective. Like I was telling you, I was mad stoked for this discussion and just to learn more about your journey and, and how you made it to where you are and obviously working on the shoe and everything in between. So, man, thank you so much for uh, for joining us today. We're honored to have you on, man. Dude, pleasure's all mine, man. appreciate you guys for having me. Um, and like you said, man, like, Raptors fans, we all have more similarities than than differences. So. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And before always we, cool to talk. Before we go, we, I want to. I don't know if you're still with this, but are you still doing your pod? So Mo Buckets, shout out to the squad, yeah Mo but, Buckets podcast. Uh, <laughs> we're actually going to take a break this season because one of our guys, um, Mitch, he uh, he just got engaged and he's actually moving to Japan for six months with his Jeez. fiance. He ain't so back. yeah. He's yeah <laughs> He's living life. Yo, but uh, I'm telling you, if you guys get this this uh, Skype thing, you yeah. can you can run it. You can run it. It's nice. You know, but maybe we got to do a collab, a couple of collab yo, episodes. Yo, let me know, man. We're 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 ready. We're ready to go. Fade whenever. away buckets. Yeah, fade yeah. buckets. Yeah, that's you. Let's yeah. go. No fadeaways. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yo. So uh, thanks again for coming on, and uh, and guys, we're, we're gonna be dropping on Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Um, tune in to hear. Well, you're gonna be tuned in if you're hearing this part of it. But yeah. uh, special shout out to our boy Ben Hoodie Ben. Uh, for hopping on the pod and just kicking it with us today. Uh, let's go Raptors, and by the time you hear this, uh, we'll be up 20 on the clips. Oh, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. We'll sure. give him his ring, and then we'll we'll trash his knife for him. Let's you guys going to be in the building or what? Uh, no, man. Oh, I, buddy, I can't even come close to affording that. <laughs> no, and I, I, cause I just got married, man. I got married like uh, three months oh, ago. Oh, dude. Yeah, I saw your Instagram. Yeah, man. yeah. I got but, married like three months ago, so I'm broke as hell. That cake <laughs> that you got? That's oh, you oh, saw yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, saw, saw the, the trophy cake, that. and then we got the we got the jersey as the the signing book too. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I'm just broke. So here's, it, it's it's funny actually because because I, I saw that, and you know, with the shoe, everybody always asks me, "It's like, dude, would you wear the shoe? You know, would, would you would you rock it? Would you stock it? Is it like a sentimental thing?" Yeah. And like I always tell everybody, I'm like, I wouldn't want to wear it unless it was like a special special day. For sure. And the only day I could think of. You're like, right. So we'll see, man. I'm yeah. going to have to take a page out of your books. Yeah, yeah. Wrap your scene wedding. Well, anytime, man. Anytime. Thanks again. <laughs> and uh, and that wraps it up for this week's episode. We'll come at you next week. And, uh, yeah, take care, y'all. See ya. Yeah.